1: Are some intangibles
2: that those projections failed to take into consideration. The crowd was going crazy.
3: There's not much in life that's better than that.
1: You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys with Mark Willard and Joe Shasky on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network.
2: Okay, what's going on? Next episode of Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys, that's Joe Shasky. I'm Mark Willard. That's Penny over my left shoulder. She's asleep. Let's hope it stays that way. Um, she's just taking a little post-game nap. Uh, We are recording this right after the Memorial Day victory over the Phillies. Kirk Casale with a big swing of the stick. And Joe, just real quick on this weekend. Yeah. These last couple wins have felt a little bit like relief more than uh, joy. You know, this is a road trip. The Giants expected to do well. They go into Cincinnati. They can't score in the great American small park. They were facing a sweep. And luckily they rally there. They rally in in this one as well but nothing's coming easy for this team right now
3: no but it seems like a couple of individual big-time moments obviously Longoria tonight to uh, give the Giants the lead even though they would lose that lead and then Casale steps up hits a home run the night before uh, you have obviously Longo stepping up and hitting a big fly you got Luis Gonzalez coming through with a hit earlier in the game Jock Peterson came through with a hit and I, I just think that the thing they hung their hat on last year was those clutch moments. You're starting to slowly see that get baked back into the fabric of the team. So I'm pretty excited. Yeah,
2: absolutely. So they get uh, they get a couple wins going, 26-21 and 21 at this point as they continue the series in Philly. More on Giants baseball in a second. However, let's do real housewives of Gi- Giants Unreal. baseball first because this last few days, you know, it's funny. We've been having our talk the last couple episodes about the Giants are boring. Uh, suddenly they're the number one story in all of baseball because we've got a fantasy football throwdown. We have a manager who is now protesting during the national anthem because of gun violence. Um, I mean, Jake McGee was left off the lineup card. You had that thing, which seemed to drive Gabe more nuts than anything else I've ever seen. So it's a lot going on. Let's obviously start uh, with all in the pH family, uh, Tommy Fam
3: and jock peterson what is your initial reaction to this well can i laugh a little i thought it was funny like that's what i thought i thought it was funny i know some people are going to take this very serious the grainy Zabrudu film of him getting slapped from like a mile and a half away was funny the audio from jock peterson kind of mumbling his way through the fact that it was fantasy football where two people got and this is the thing the commissioner always gets unwarranted heat. I'm assuming Jock is the commissioner at some level because he clearly knew the rules here. I mean, I have no idea. All I know is what we did find
2: out is FAM left the league after five weeks. I don't even know how you how did like the league explodes right there. Like I've I I don't know how many people saw this and immediately went, I have so many questions. And I'm yeah. one of them. I, I'm like First of all, thank you, Jock, for sharing everything you've shared. <laughs> but every time you talk, I have twelve more questions. Jeff did Wilson this lead, Jr. Did when somebody left? Did you just get a free win whenever you were facing Tommy's team? <laughs> uh, they both said that there was, was a lot of money on the line. How much money are we talking about? That's what I to How happen. did it end up? By the way, oh, we're stashing guys on IR so we can pick up more people. So who was right? Like in the end, are you allowed to do that? Are you not? I mean, I think we've all dealt with that, but. You you spoke of the audio from Jock. Let's hear a little yeah. bit of it right now because there's two things that need to be brought up after you listen to Jock talk about what
4: happened. Yeah, I saw that. And I know what he said and either it's true. There are there was a lot of money involved in it. There I did send a GIF in the group chat that was making fun of the Padres. In the group chat, there was also some, there was more than one Padre. There was maybe four or five that I'm kind of close with a couple of them. And it was supposed to be a friendly thing, just making fun of they were playing bad and just talking back and forth. And yeah, I mean, he did not like that and responded, "Jock, I don't know you well enough to make any jokes like this. And yeah, so then I wrote back, I'm just trying to pull it up. So it's exact was meant to be all fun and games. No hard feelings. Sorry if you took it that way. And then about two weeks later, after like week four or five, he ended up leaving the league, and uh, there's been no communication since. But like I said, it, it is true. I did send a, uh, a gif making fun of the Padres, and if I hurt anyone's feelings, I apologize for that. Okay. <laughs> I
3: mean, Mark. There's so much to get <laughs> Wait, let me start here. I have had many, many, many different fantasy football-specific group chats, okay, and they get out of control, and there's always one or two guys that takes it too far in the group chat, and you know, oh, when those two see each other, it's on site, and I've literally had two cousins slap each other out of public space, spin the other one around, so – this is the most relatable thing I've ever seen. Well, that's the beauty of it. It's baseball
2: finally, like, ending up inside our living rooms and our Friday nights and our interactions with one another. The text chat that goes too far, I feel like your fantasy league doesn't – you know how, like, a series in the NBA doesn't start until the road team wins? A yes. fantasy league doesn't start until someone took it too far in the group chat. Like, that's that's when it starts. So – That's fine that it happened. I just cannot get over the, uh, it is true. (laughs) I did send a GIF making fun of the Padres. First of all, I'm glad he's on Team GIF and not Team GIF. I'm also on Team GIF. Okay, But, like, when you say it is true, it's like, yes, you know, I had relations with that woman. Not, it is true, I sent a GIF about the Padres. How are we taking this... This seriously, I just want to thank Jock though. He sat there for two days. He answered every question. He pulled the text up. He's showing it to the cameras. He simply was just like, There's no reason for me not to just explain everything that happened. And then on the other side, fam is is not only admitting, yeah, he did it, he sort of took a line of like, and I'll do it again, and I'm a big <laughs> deal in Vegas. And I, like, don't mess with my money, except for I just lost $111,000 because I got suspended. It's the most bizarre thing ever. But if you want to just take a look at who comes out, I thought Jock comes out looking very relatable,
3: and Fam comes out looking like a complete loose cannon. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, like, I'm already seeing some of my plays. Like, I can't believe Jock would allow another man to slap him. Like, at this point, once you've gotten to this point, I think – you any retaliation you just look worse in the situation like take the hit whatever i love that his teammates had his back and it sounded like everybody was ready to to go in on it again fam is insane i mean, this is insane we all have that one friend that has a full screw loose i mean he's he's one biscuit short of a full basket here well
2: and and the fact that there were a bunch of padres on the thread yes. and their buddies with jock That's right like come on man like I don't know. If you don't know Jock well enough, then go talk to your teammates who clearly do. Yes. I mean, if he's sending this to five Padres, <laughs> then I mean, like, how serious can this actually be? But, um, and Mark, I, he held the grudge for multiple years. For, for at least, well, it was this last football
3: season. I, well, was I, mean, it, well I don't even know. It, if it was, that's a minimum of like nine months. That's what I'm saying. I mean it's just what and, and then the other part is Jeff Wilson Jr is a main person in this story who's right. a 49er running back he's like right. the 7th best 49er running back so like yeah. I just think there's layers of comedy on this thing Hey man
2: uh Chris Rock started a trend and it's the new thing to do uh when you get slapped just look at the other person and be like wow dude and 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 then everyone will love you the next day It's insane. because who who I mean I get, you know, there's discussion on on both sides always, but I feel like Chris Rock and Jock Peterson came out a little better than Will Smith and Tommy Pham in these experiences.
3: The only way this story gets weirder is if Rick Neuheisel is on this uh, thread, you know, who got in trouble for the betting on college. Like, I think he filled out a bracket. Wasn't that what it was? He got fired for like filling out a bracket. Or if Farhan is not allowed in this league. Like, that's the other layer I need to add it to this. Like, what team executive is also in this league? Plus,
2: uh, now, <laughs> how many fantasy football team names this year oh. will include either Jock Peterson's or Tommy Fam's names, especially since both of them are so sort of like, you know, they're quirk-worthy. Like, yes. your name is Jock, you've got Pham. Yes, Like, you can turn this into... So many fantasy team names now after these two dudes.
3: Yeah. Uh, fam, I am. I mean, there's just so many different ways you can go with this. I absolutely love it. The the beauty of all of it, too, is the way he delivers this with the hat to the sideways, the T-shirt, like the blonde hair. Like, yeah. he, he's got Spicoli 2022 vibes all over him. For the young group, that's, you know, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, one of the great movies of all time. But, like, the whole aura of Jock is, like, I don't know whether I'm coming or going. And I just... I love the whole delivery of this thing. Why are we not doing the entire episode with our hats like
2: this? Why are you not doing it? Why I like
3: I don't know why I didn't just think of that. I'll just show you my phone and you like, like, Look, you right me. here.
2: I you know, I mean it's so great. It look, we've been asking for baseball to give us something. Baseball gave us something.
3: I- it was the biggest story of the night. I played it for my wife on the way home Friday night and she was laughing so hard first off, she had no idea Jock Peterson was you know puffing on the on the you know what from his attitude I said baby I I just think that's who he is I, I don't even <laughs> yeah. know
2: yeah yeah i'm not I'm not passing any of judgments on that based <laughs> on the look or the sound I have no I have no clue um but it, I, I will say this, if there's anything, and this isn't serious, but in anything that's real that you can pull out of this, yeah, how many times this year has Doc done something or said something, and you're like, how the hell did this guy take this long to be a giant?
3: It, it, wow. it, it's
2: literally like it's he's been destined to be in this position yeah. for years, and we didn't even know.
3: No, yeah, I mean, I, I love watching him right now. I mean, at, at the plate, he's been on fire. I think he's about 400 his last you know, eight, nine games or whatever it is. But then, like, just the whole aura, the glove, the the outfit that he wears. He's got a little bit of a muffin top, you know, because he's not in the greatest shape. And then, you know, the outfits he wears outside of it, like the whole jock experience, him and Pablo needed to play on the same team. I feel like that's what we've been robbed of. What do you, what do you
2: think the entry fee for the league was? Really? Oh, like, it, we'll never know, but what do you, what do you think it was? I think it's
3: ten racks. I mean, like no doubt about it. Ten thousand minimum to get in. Yeah, yeah. What do you but think? again, again, it's,
2: a, it's something I decided to do. The uh, the math on this, I looked up Tommy Fam's salary. Yeah. And again, because he made the comment to the media, "You don't mess with my money," and he was messing with my money. And so let's say it's ten G's. Jock messed with Tommy's ten G's. The three game suspension for Tommy, one hundred eleven thousand dollars so sorry that jock messed with your money you just messed with yours even more
3: with all the serious things that are going on in the world right now i kind of needed this especially baseball specific when (laughs) we have some other heavier stories we're going to talk about or the tim anderson josh donaldson stuff that's going on This was one that we could all laugh a little because no one was physically harmed, even though he did get slapped. So I'm leaning into this.
2: Yeah, totally. All right, with uh, Joe Shasky, Mark Willard, if you like what you're hearing, be with us uh, twice a week uh, and be subscribed to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast.
1: Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story and one of the best... The power of their data wasabi, another Boston based championship team.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H track, all wheel drive, and three row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild, conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Okay, speaking of serious issues and uh, and something that, um, you know, has all kinds of legs that are attached to prior things that have happened in Bay Area sports, and that is the manager of the team, Gabe Kapler, stepping forward in the wake of, again, one of the largest gun violence tragedies and there have been so 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 many um but what happened in in texas this last week uh gabe stepped forward on his own and stated uh, i was taught by my parents that when i'm not happy with the direction of the country then um you know you you don't recite the pledge of allegiance and um and when you are you do and right now he is not happy with the direction of the country so he has decided that he is going to stay in the clubhouse during the national anthem. What's your reaction to this?
3: Well, you know, uh, I just love Gabe Kapler for what he stands for, because I do think the stuff that he talks about, he does stand for those things. I think that he truly believes them. What ends up happening is that all of the people want to argue about the sanctity of the national anthem, and we miss the message. This happened with Colin Kaepernick. This has happened with the NBA players who have worn T-shirts in solidarity for various things that have happened in the last eight, nine years of our league. Um, You know, LeBron James famously, the I can't breathe shirts that they were wearing. Um, and we always forget the message and we want to argue about the minutiae or the sanctity or how holy these people should hold themselves during the national anthem or why they're anti-military or anti-American or whatever it is. Let's just listen to the message because to me, the message is what's lost in all of these things when we have these conversations. We are being attacked because we have a gun safety problem. All right. It's very simple to me. And listening to him and Steve Kerr and people who do have giant, large platforms, I appreciate them going above and beyond and setting the tone for the rest of our communities and representing our communities. The hard part with this one is that he came out there today during Memorial Day, uh, during the national anthem to to kind of You know, not disrespect the military, not disrespect the people who have fallen before. And I guarantee you're going to see people on both sides of the fence, some happy that he did, some not happy and saying, oh, he can't even be consistent with his own message. And again. That's not the message. The message is he thinks this country is not safe when it comes to guns. And that shouldn't be a political topic. That should be just common sense people.
2: Well, yeah. And I see, I hear what you're saying about him coming out for Memorial day, because it's like, well, wait a minute. If the idea is to not yeah. draw a line from your protest to those who have served in our country, then don't draw that line. And by coming out today on Memorial day, you're kind of drawing that line. And so I do think he's going to face that criticism, but I also think he's ready for it. If there's Agreed. one thing we've learned about yeah. Gabe Kapler, uh, very resolute, uh, very, very um, uh, connected to his decisions, his ways, and he's not going to let anybody get in the way of that. And and so there's a few things here. Look, I mean, I don't think this is actually going to lead to as, anywhere near as much discussion as situations similar to it have in the past. Uh, because for six years now, as a country, we've all had a chance to make our feelings known about this. And everybody's dug in. And, and you either you either see uh, through the light and, and you can see um, what the bigger message is, or you're gonna let yourself, in my opinion, get bogged down and make it about something that it's not. I would just encourage people uh, a couple of things. One, uh, if you're protesting, It is because you love this country. You wouldn't bother do something like this if you didn't love the country. If you didn't care where it was going, you would just be like, whatever. You would start looking to move to London or or Canada or whatever. So I find love and respect within protest. Second thing, though, and this speaks to Tony LaRusa, who is sounding, unfortunately, older and older and older every time. He opens his mouth. He did it to his team last year Mm -hmm. with unwritten rules BS. And now he was the only manager in baseball to come out and, and, and to paraphrase said, you know, I respect Gabe Kapler, but this is not appropriate. Protesting by definition is not supposed to be appropriate. It is not supposed to make you comfortable. If it makes you comfortable, it's ineffective. If, if you do it in a way where everyone's like, well, that's that's nice. I mean, you just stay over here out of my way and let me keep going about my business. Well, then it's not a protest. You don't see someone go stop bridge traffic at three in the morning when it would be convenient. You stop bridge traffic at five in the afternoon yeah. on a Friday because whether it ticks you off or not, the whole point is to get your message out. So I thought Tony LaRusso's comment was really, really weak. I thought that was really weak in the face of his brethren doing something that, as you say, you, you can all politicize it if you want. Uh, the bottom line is we've got something that absolutely is making our heart ache, just ache in, in unimaginable ways right now. So to make it about politics or money is, is really, really tough and uh, And I am just so thankful that the two sports figures who have been the loudest yeah. about this whole thing this last week are Gabe Kappler and Steve Kerr. makes me very, very proud to be a fan of both of those teams.
3: I mean, America, if you just know your history, I mean, it was founded with protests, whether we're talking about the Boston Tea Party, whether we're talking about uh, civil rights movements and things like that. I mean, just go through the history of this country. Almost all of the great moments where things have turned for the better have been because of some form of protest. Um, I just look at the whole gun thing this way, uh, Mark. And I know you bring it up and people are super passionate in, in one direction or the other. You know, we put up netting all around the ballparks, all across the entire country for safety. It is just a layer of safety, I just want to be a little more safe in society. That's what we all want. I don't think this should be politicized in the sense of you're right. I'm wrong. I'm a Democrat. You're a Republican or whatever it is. Don't we want that extra netting up in place to create a slightly safer society? We're not going to eliminate all injuries because of foul balls. We're not going to be able to stop every negative thing that's happened, but just to create a little more safety. And I think that that's what Gabe listening to some of his comments. That's what he's championing. That's what he's campaigning for Steve Kerr as well. And I'm, Right there with them. So I, yeah, I applaud these guys.
2: Yeah, I, I think that uh, a lot of people felt like, you know, Steve Kerr led the way by saying, when are we going to do something? Oh, man. And so he didn't necessarily even say, like, I know he did have some ideas, but um, if there's one thing that could capture all of us, it's when are we going to do something? Mm. I'm not even going to sit here and say what it is. But, and I know there's a big conversation about mm-hmm. what should be done, but something should be done. If there's, you know, right now it is impossible seemingly to even find little statements about which we can all agree. To me, that's one of them. We got to do something. Like if we just sit here and watch innocent people continue to get shot and killed, then that's, I I, I mean, I don't don't know what to say about that. I I don't know how awful that makes us as a society. So I would hope that we can all agree with that and I would hope that these words and these actions of these two men have at least made people stop and think a little bit this week. Cause let's be honest, we've unfortunately gotten numb. We've gotten used to it, but elementary schools hit different. They just do. And it should. Yeah.
3: And and it should. And, and you know what, for the people that say, I don't want this in my sports, were it not for people like Jackie Robinson and Branch Rickey, Okay, think of how different America would be without the impact and the intersection of sports and real life colliding in the in the late 40s. That I mean, I just watched the Jackie Robinson movie. We just celebrated him last month. Think of what that did for our country. That's sports. So for all these people, I don't want it in my sports. No, sometimes they intersect and they collide and it's for the better. Sometimes. How about almost always sports (laughs) is, is a leader
2: in social issues. All the time, if you go back to the history of our country. So, um, you know, listen, again, I I know people are here to to talk about Giants baseball, but this is this is something that's going to be a piece of of the story now for this season. And um, and and I just I really appreciate Gabe and Steve Kerr for at least looking to spark some discussion. By the way, speaking of Gabe, it always sparks discussion when he goes back to Philly uh, where they're not over it. And they'll never be over it. There was one managerial move in game one of that series that I wanted to get a thought from you on as well before uh, we hip hop into uh, into some other stuff. But uh, Logan Webb, and this was funny, people won't know this, so we'll share the story, our own little text thread. Yeah. Um, you didn't rip me or rip the podcast, no. but you you did say in about the fourth or fifth inning of the Monday game, hey, are we ever going to get a complete game? Are we ever getting a complete game this year? Is that ever going to happen again? And then an hour later, he sends Logan Webb out for a complete game. Second pitch in the ninth
3: inning, boom, gone. Tie ball game. What do you think they gave well, Logan Webb a shot? Well, because okay, the reason that I brought that up was because I saw a commercial for the Matt Cain ten year anniversary bobblehead of the perfect game, and I just was thinking, I'm saying, wow, in the last like decade or so, you had the Johnny Sanchez, two Timmy Lincecum no hitters, Chris Heston had a no no, Matt Kane had a perfecto, like that was a lot of amazing moments. I don't even know if this organization would allow a guy, let's say he's got 110, 114 pitches, and he goes into the ninth, you know, and it's May, right? I don't know if I would do it personally, yeah. and I don't know if they should do it. Like, I'm looking at this solely different. Here's what happened today, though. He went over, and I watched Gabe Kapler give like a, a handshake to yeah. Logan Webb, and I'm saying, oh, Logan's coming out of this game. And then they flash to the bullpen and no one's getting up. And I'm saying to myself, wait a minute, what's going on here? So I don't know if he gave him the dreaded bad karma handshake, like you're done for the day. Oh, my God, Longoria to home run. No, you're not. I'm not sure what happened there. I'm going to say they tempted the baseball gods by by shaking his hand and not letting him sit the rest of that ninth inning. I actually love the vote of confidence, though. I'm not mad at it at all.
2: No, I'm with you. I love that he tossed him out there. My guess is he shook his hand to say, nice job. And Logan shook his hand right back and said, and squeezed it. Good, put me back in the game, Skip. And uh, and he did, and he did. And so my bet is it didn't work. The Giants won anyway. But I bet that's the kind of stuff when you wonder Mm -hmm. why there's buy-in in the clubhouse, why they love Gabe, because maybe he is all about analytics. But not in that moment, he wasn't. In that moment, he looked one of his best pitchers in the eye and said, "Okay, you want it." You got it. Let's go.
3: And then it didn't work out, and then his team picked him up. That gains you points on your well, roster. Well, and let me and let me defend them on the analytics side, because I, I know that a lot of people, oh, he went with the gut. He's an analytics guy. He had under 100 pitches. I think it was at 95 or so, give or take. 98, pitches. I think, yeah. But they weren't stress pitches. They only right. had three hits in that game. It wasn't like he was from the stretch, multiple innings, and he's laboring out there. Castellanos hit him twice for home runs. That was it. Other than that, I thought it was the best performance I've seen from Logan Webb all year. And I'm feeling so much more confident about Logan. He earned the right to go back in that game. So to me, it's analytics plus the guts blended into one. I'm all for the move. Uh, he is one of the guys who you could
2: could label as a potential star for the Giants. More on that in just a second. Before we move on to that, letting you know that you're listening to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Make sure you're subscribed. Um, and you rate, review, share this uh, with everyone you've ever met and uh, and let them know that they need to be here twice a week.
3: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco
2: for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting.
0: Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a
3: kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
2: All right, we are coming up on, we're sort of between the quarter poll and the one-third poll uh, with regard to the season. Uh, If it's six months long, we're we're two months in. So let's take a moment and assess what we know about the Giants at this point. This was a discussion last year. Maybe it should be
3: again. What's the identity of this team? man? I think this is a really difficult one to figure out. So one thing that I've been doing is trying to like pour over the data of the team. And I'm looking at the, at the player stats, right? And then I said to myself, well, I got to juxtapose this with the rest of the league. So here's a couple of things that I know. Even though my brain tells me they are not hitting the way they should, I look up and they're at the top of almost all the hitting statistics. Now, they leave a lot of runners on base. You know why? Because a lot of guys get on base in comparison to the rest of the league. So they're like 23rd, 24th in terms of men left on base, but they're second in overall runs per game in terms of how many they're driving in. So although the batting average doesn't look great, although you look up and really only jocks hit a lot of home runs, nobody else has. Somehow, some way, this team manufactures runs. Now, the other side of this, I don't think their pitching is anywhere near as good as I expected it to be in totality. Team ERA because of a couple really bad outings by some guys has been really blown up, but there's three starters right now, Cobb, Rodon, and Webb that I feel really 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 good about right now. And I just I don't know what they're going to do with those other two spots. But I think they're like a middle-of-the-pack, fringe playoff team. And I like where they're at. And let's see if some things can turn around in a couple weeks.
2: Well, I think also identity for a lot of fans comes down to individuals, even in baseball. It's a good point. Identity comes down to, all right, what what can we hang our hat on? They're playing the Phillies right now. And you know what you can hang your hat on when you're a Phillies fan? It's every second or third inning – Harper and Hoskins and Castellanos are going to come up. I have no idea what their pitching identity is. I have no idea. But we're in a ballpark where those guys can hit the ball in the 20th row at any moment. That's their identity. Now, it doesn't work. But let's put that aside for a second. (laughs) Yes, Right? It doesn't work. They've been just like a middling team ever since Bryce got there. But that's their identity and fans like that. I think that's the issue with the Giants. The Giants' identity seems to be more wrapped up in off the field than on. Their identity is wrapped up in the process of their manager. The identity is wrapped up in the way that their general manager and their president acquire baseball players. Their identity is wrapped up in a belief in a system that most fans couldn't even describe. Yeah, But they have no idea from game to game or from inning to inning who's coming up, what they should expect, Yet their anger gets muted by the fact that they always have more wins than losses. So, as a fan, you're like, I'm not sure what to do with this. And oh, by the way, what does that mean for baseball's landmark moments throughout a year? Here are the Giants in playoff contention again. Here comes the all star game. Who's going to the all star
3: game for the Giants? Maybe Webb or Rodon. Maybe. I, I don't know. Like Mark, right. it's a great, it's a great question. Do you think anybody's going like, cause I, I want to answer something about the identity. Um, do, is there anybody that you could think of that? I'm, I am mean, I'm obviously it's baseball. So someone has to go. Um, <laughs> could it be offensively,
2: yeah. <laughs> offensively, John Fox? Peterson's the only guy yeah. who has numbers that could get you on the board. Sort of. Yeah. Um, you could do a fallback option. Like sometimes there's the lifetime achievement award. You know, like a Crawford over at shortstop, yeah, uh, because he was last year, and he's Brandon Crawford. Or you mentioned Webb Rodon. If they have a really good June, yeah, then yes, there. But I mean, even you know, a lot of times, what you'll see with those teams that only get one guy, it's like, well, let's grab their closer, <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. You know, so maybe maybe Dovall ends yeah. up in this conversation, although he's been wobbly at times. So yeah, I'm not sure. Someone's got
3: to go though you know, so like identity last year very quickly uh, clutch hitting okay we're gonna hit bombs we're gonna pitch our butts off and we're gonna play great defense like that was the homework that's how you win one hundred seven I mean that's that's the recipe you want for every year. I think their pitching is better than what the raw data indicates. Like, I'm looking at someone like Alex Cobb. He's pitched better than what his raw numbers. Yeah. If, you looked at, if you just looked at his baseball reference, you'd be like, five ERA? What? No, no, no. He's pitched a lot better, and he's been the victim of a couple of poor innings defensively that have cost him and his runs. Look at his game logs. He's really consistent. And then Rodon, he had one shaky start. He's been brilliant outside of that and lost a couple of tough luck games. I think Webb is starting to round out. Now, the lineup is just – Wilmer Flores is leading this team in so many different statistical categories, and every time he's up there, I'm like, how is he doing this? I can't even describe it. And he's not a sexy player. You know, Jock plays in platoons, but he's been better and more efficient than Nick Castellanos, who got way more money than Jock Peterson did. But if you say that out loud, people lose their minds. So I look at this team, and it's the sum of their whole parts is greater than any individual player. So it's hard to describe – but they're doing it offensively, and I can't understand it.
2: Right, right. And by the way, if we're going to mention some of those names, I should have mentioned Yaz as well. He's been fantastic this year. Mm-hmm. He's been fantastic, but again, 300. You know, yeah, all-Stars Tom you jump. have to have, you got to have name value, or you have to be having an eye-popping year, yeah. and I just don't I, I don't know on the Giants right now who necessarily fits that bill. Um, So we'll see. June will tell the story a little bit on that. Let Someone me, will get jammed in there, but yeah, they're, 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 they're always going to be a team whose record in the standings is going to be better than their, their individual yeah. Q rating.
3: Let me ask you about two players before we, we, we kind of, we kind of move here, Darren Ruff. He's two for his last 21 with 11 strikeouts right now. And this felt like rock bottom for him just because the at-bats Looked so bad. He's off balance. He's lunging. He's not driving the ball with any power. I don't know what's going on with Darren Ruff. And he was a guy coming into this year I had such high hopes for.
2: They were counting on him. And I, and, and I still think they are to the point where they stuck with him through his his struggles in, in April. Yeah. And then the first half of May was much, much better. And now it looks like it's fallen off a little bit. Um, again, I, I still think that Ruff is going through almost it's almost like when someone gets traded from one league to the other and they've got to go, okay, I got to, I got to learn a bunch of new pitchers. Why? Because they decided this year that Darren Ruff can go against righties too. Well, these are not pitchers that he has a whole lot of experience against. Yeah. Because he has a book on lefties, which, and that's what he, you know, it would be like, if they told Lamont, Wade, go, go face Clayton Kershaw. Good luck. You know? And so I'm not saying he can or can't do it. I just think he's going through a process and, uh, and then confidence and pressing and everything all weighs in. I still have a a decent amount of optimism that he's going to play a key role for them this year. And they can slot him against lefties a lot better when they're at full health at the positions he plays such as a Brandon belt and a Lamont Wade. I think if those guys are there, Ruff faces a lot fewer righties, Ruff becomes a better player.
3: Yeah, yeah. Just, they need him. I mean, they really do. They need his pop. And with all the injuries right now to Wade and Belt, like guys I expected to be power bats, they they need his pop. The other guy who's going in the other direction, what about Evan Longoria? 28 times he's homered in a different ballpark. The only one is Texas, which he hasn't played in yet. Five homers in his last five games. Boy, it'd be nice for him to have a great June, wouldn't it? Did you hear Gabe before the game uh on
2: Monday bring up the words Evan Longoria and Hall of Fame I in the same it. sentence and he he wasn't like he, he I mean he admitted he's like right now that's not going to happen but he's like he he's like a few a couple of seasons away from at least having a conversation I thought it was Gabe's way of of poking a guy who's, you know, not that he's on cruise control, but he's late in the career. He knows this is the last year in his deal. Might have been a way to be like, hey, man, we got you. We see you. I'm going to give you the ultimate compliment. So you can go out there and carry us for a little bit, and he has uh, for this week. So uh, he's been great, and it's obviously so much better (sighs) defensively I oh. have him over there at third base. That's uh, that's been a big deal.
3: Look, Arenado's um, the gold standard at third base, right? We yeah. all we all agree, right? Okay. Yep. Longoria is pretty damn good over there. I feel yeah, like yeah. we've criminally underrated how good he is for his age, his range, his arm. He's got soft hands. They missed him defensively. I think they led the league at like six or seven errors at third base you know, for for the San Francisco Giants yep. at that one position. And I think not having belted first has also factored into that, which you've talked a lot about. A couple minutes to go. Give me a quick fair foul okay. with uh,
2: some Giants thoughts on the way out here.
3: All right, so we're two months into the season, right? We're one-third of the way through. We're through Memorial Day. Here are three statements, and you tell me whether they're fair or foul. First one, I'm ready to wave the white flag on the Joey Bart thing. I just okay. feel – Like he's going to be a backup player or a fringe guy, or maybe he'll get an opportunity somewhere down the line in another organization. Am I waving the white flag too quickly? Is that fair or foul?
2: Yeah, I think that's foul. And what I think you got to do is you got to go through the process. Like I'm with you Mm -hmm. that it looks really bad and the giants cannot afford to lose games because uh, they are all in on this experiment and because there's an investment there. So that said, uh, I know it's his third tour in, in the big leagues, but come on, not really. Like last year yeah. it was for two seconds. and The year before that was this weird pressure-free pandemic season. Um, so what you do is you, you pull the pressure down and you say you're not our starting catcher anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, you're the guy who's going to come in maybe 50% of the time, maybe 40% of the time. Kurt Casale looks like a different player back there. They lose nothing defensively and his timely hitting this year, gosh, the home run in Philly Monday won the game. And and so I think that Casale needs to play more. Bart needs to play less, but too early, two months in to, to say your former number two overall pick in the draft. Uh, needs to be gone
3: okay that's fair all right a couple quick ones um i've been watching this team for two months right now and maybe i just underrated the buster posey thing this team the 2022 team it just doesn't have a standout leader day in and day out is that fair
2: or foul mark that's fair um that's fair especially when the captain is on the shelf um if the uh if the captain's hat is not out and that bulky knee which by the way he's eligible to be activated right now. Yeah. And he's not, which means he's still receiving treatment. He's not ready. I'm really worried about that need just because we all know where we've been in the life and career of Brandon belt uh, with regard to injuries and whatnot. And I do think that even when he's, you know, he's so streaky and even when he's slumping, they are such a different team when he's out there and so I believe that they do have that leader when he's playing, but right now he's not.
3: Okay. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair right now. I just, I would love somebody to just step to the forefront, man. I just, I was hoping that it would be belt this year. And it's just, ah, it's frustrating. Last one before we get out and out of here, fair or foul. This is a definitive statement I'm making two months into the season. As we get through Memorial day, the giants currently would be about the sixth seed into the playoffs. They're the third seed right now in the NL West. If things continue and they get into the playoffs as the sixth seed and the third team out of the NL West, I'd be a little disappointed in this team, and it would feel very diluted because of expanded playoffs. Is that fair or foul, Mark? Let me say this as firmly as I can. I might even wake up Penny right here.
2: This is foul. This is (laughs) foul. Like, if they go to the playoffs, I am in. I am all the way in. Um, this team has a history. They've won a World Series out of a wild card spot. It's true. And, and I know that you you can oh, it's diluted. Now it's six teams. Great. A few years from now, you won't even remember that they made this rule change. This will just be the way that it is. We we're fine with this in all of the other sports. We're fine with it. Oh. Teams with losing records and play in tournaments and uh, hosting playoff games at seven and nine in the NFL. We're fine with it. So true. Now we're going to take something away because the giants play in a division that has three yeah. high quality teams. I, you know, I said this to you a couple of weeks ago already. I feel like I already know who the six playoff teams are in the NL yeah. the giants are going to be one of them. I don't know if they're going to be six, five, maybe they will be four. I do think the Dodgers are going to win the division. I don't think there's really any shame in that. Uh, but it, look, if you make the playoffs, you win more games than you lose. Mm-hmm. And you make the playoffs, that's a good season and uh I'm not I'm 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 not giving that back.
3: No, no. Okay, that's that's totally fair. I'll, I'll back off on that one for now. Boy, it would be nice if the Giants after losing two out of 3 from Cincinnati, it'd be really nice for Kapler and this team to take two out of 3 from the Phillies this week, wouldn't it? Or
2: three or three out of 3. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would love that.
3: Face a good pitching
2: staff uh in Miami coming up later on this week. So long way to go on the trip. Oh um and Jose Aguilar this, Jose Aguilar yeah. hit
3: the farthest ball in stat cast uh in the last well, six years today. So look out for him for hey, the Marlins. Oh,
2: and we know it's been a house of horrors through the years. Yes. Shout out Jose
3: Cruz Junior all right, there it is. What about your boy who broke his wrist when the guy hit the fly ball I mean, to a Hunter Strickland? Remember that? I mean, I mean, it's just over and over.
2: So hopefully nothing like that happens <laughs> this week. Uh, that's it for us for Joe Shasky, Mark Willard. It's been the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Make subscribe. sure you subscribe so you do not miss any episodes twice a week. Yep. Next episode coming up later on this week on Thursday. We'll talk to you then.